Welcome to UCYP, where we have uphill conversations with young professionals. Real conversations with bright, forward-thinking YPs. You know, every generation is different than those who've come before. And rather than generalities, we want to hear unique, individual perspectives of the generation that's currently on the rise. We want to elevate the voices, talent, and contributions of YPs in order to build a bridge to connect the past, present, and future generations, helping them to be heard, to be understood, and ultimately, to see them lead. Welcome to another episode of UCYP. This is episode number five, and today we are going to be diving into the topic of mentorship and mentors in today's workplace. And as we were preparing to um, share this episode with you, I read this great article about Generation Z, which I know we've talked about millennials in the past, previously known as Generation Y. And I think it's kind of interesting as we look at Gen Z, uh, they are a little bit different than millennials. And interestingly enough, they're two and a half times more likely to stay at a job for five years or more if they feel like they're being valued. And another kind of cool thing is as they're looking for jobs, they're actually more inclined to look at larger companies because they offer this complete package of, um, of things that people want, including a strong career path with mentoring. And so I think it's kind of neat as we're talking through generations in the workplace, we've spent a lot of time on you know Gen X and boomers and um, millennials, kind of bringing in this next generation who's going to make up, I think, 20% of the workforce in the next five years, and how they are really focused on having that element of mentoring in their lives. Well, I think these like 20% of the workforce, that's going to have a lot of impact, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a smaller number. But I feel like they're going to have a lot more impact as far as what they deliver and how they deliver. Where my generation, it was kind of like we were taught, you know, you know, long hours. You know, if you're not working 70 hours, you're not working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you don't have, you know, you've got to have another job on top of a job, right? So, um, and we were kind of like, but don't tell us anything. You know what I mean? Like, don't, yeah. You know, it's like, don't tell me how yeah, to do it. Don't tell me how to do it, though. Right. <laughs> um, but I was one of those rare people. I think I wanted mentorship. I know a lot of it comes from my upbringing as well, in the sense that, you know, I didn't have a lot of male role models and, and father figures around me. Um, and not that work is about having a father figure, but it is important to have some people that you can learn from and where you feel like you're safe, things are, you're, you know, the people are approachable. Um, you actually have the opportunity to fail and fail forward, Mm -hmm. you know, and learn, um, and that they're willing to go with you, you know, and, um, it's, it's kind of cool to see that even though I may have been a smaller, in a smaller, you know, number of people that actually wanted that in Mm -hmm. my demographic, and um, in my time of, you know, coming up in the world. But it's cool to see that that's like becoming uh, with baby boomers and those before them, whatever generation they were called, uh, that that mentorship is coming really it's coming back into play in mm-hmm. a much greater way. Um, and people are getting into, you know, what they call them way back in the day, apprentice. You know, mm-hmm. if there was a plumber, you know, he had someone that came, he brought an apprentice with him and that mm-hmm. person learned how to do that 
um, that type of skill or that type of thing. Um, but you know, so where mentorship turned into this little popular thing and it was like, it was cool to get a mentor. Mm -hmm. I feel like now it's not cool to have one. I think it's more so of it's, they recognize the value Mm -hmm. of having one. So it, it really encourages me because I don't know where I would be today if I didn't have the few men that took time to, to speak with me, to spend time with me, um, to walk through life with me. And, and what's interesting is the people that I, when I was 20 years old, I'm, you know, in my forties now, I still have those same relationships today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the really neat thing about mentors and especially those first mentors that you get, maybe even when you're still in college. And then those people that you meet early in your career that have such an incredible impact on you. So it's, it's this great sort of return to a, kind of a more traditional workplace value of really seeking out someone intentionally, wanting to connect with them, learn with them, have that, you know, look to that person for advice. Uh, But also, I think just really, it's all about relationships, and it all comes back to that. So um, really excited uh, about this conversation. We interviewed two really great um, women who work here in Greenville, South Carolina, Uh, Jamie Patterson, who works with Clemson MBA, and Lindsay McMillian-Steeman, and she's actually an entrepreneur who started her own consulting company. Um, So just excited to share that with you guys. But before we jump into the episode... We have some really cool swag to give away. Yeah, some Yeti stainless steel Yeti cups, mm-hmm. branded UCYP, Uphill Conversations Young Professionals, and I, we're gonna we want to give them away. Yeah. So over the next few episodes, you know, we we're so happy and glad to have the listeners that we already have, but also we want to make sure that we're like we said, continuing to share the voice of young professionals. So we're gonna be doing a contest on social media, and what we'd love for you to do is you know go out to our UCYP Facebook group, share that with your friends, like. Um, us join the group. I'm going to put a post out there. You need to like it. You need to share it and then use the hashtag uphill YP. Yeah. And we want to give a shout out to Cowart Awards. Mm-hmm. It's a great family owned company for years. That's a generational company, which we love that stuff. We see just being passed down and they only get better. So Coward Awards has always been great to us. They've put together like our uphill conversation stuff. Now that we're doing the UCYP stuff, they've done that. Mm-hmm. So, hey, if you get a chance, go check them out there. Um, and, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you know, mostly the United States. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, because I don't know that you want to, you know, have something shipped to, I don't know if you're in Israel, you know. <laughs> so, but anyways, Coward Coward Awards, um, that's C-O-W-A-R-T Awards, and their website is awardsthatwork.com. So as Megan said, please check it out on um, our social channels and get involved. And But most importantly, you know what? Let's jump into this interview with these two wonderful guests, and we hope that you all will enjoy it as we did. And um, there's nothing like a great conversation with um, that next generation. So let's go. Welcome to UCYP, Uphill Conversations, Young Professionals. Today, um, we are going to be diving into the topic of mentorship. But before we do that, um, I would just like for our guests today to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. 
I'm Jamie Patterson. I'm Director of Career Services for the Clemson MBA program. I also work with students uh, when it comes to job placement. I work with companies in the area. Um, and I'm also working with the Greenville Chamber with their pace setters group in mentoring. So I help our students on the mentoring side, and I'm helping young professionals in the Greenville community as well. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I'm Lindsay McMillian Steeman. I'm the principal of McMillian Consulting, and uh, essentially, I'm a business consultant. So I work with uh, individuals one on one and companies and their teams to um, help them make sure that the reputation they have offline in the business community is mirrored online, specifically through LinkedIn. So do a lot of um, interviewing and profile development and a lot of training and a lot of speaking engagements and uh, live in Greenville and have been here six years and won't live anywhere else. I love it. That's awesome. Well, I am very fortunate because I have known uh, both of these wonderful ladies for um, probably about six years. I met them really early on when um, I got to Greenville. So uh, I've got to see them uh, transition in their careers and grow. We've all sort of grown together, but separately. Um, so let's just dive into this topic. Um, so as young professionals, I think that we all realize the importance of developing strong relationships. And I mean, relationships can be so many different facets, but everyone is always talking about mentors and the value of having mentors really early in your career. So having this advice of, hey, you need to find a mentor, would you guys agree with the power that a mentor can bring into your life? And you know, what does that mean to you? So I'll, I'll kick us off. I think that um, using the title mentor can sometimes be intimidating for especially young professionals. Um, but what I've learned is that if you're open and receptive, and I, I love the word being coachable, um, then you're probably actually going to have a lot more mentors in your life than, than you may even um, seek out or intentionally uh, and I'm using air quotes, label an individual as a mentor. So um, when I think of the word mentor, I think of influence. So somebody who um, just has um, profound influence on any area of your life, whether it's personal or professional. I agree. And I think mentorship, you know, it's so important that these relationships happen organically, right? So you don't go into your company necessarily and look two levels, three levels above you and say, up. Ah, I'm tagging you. You're going to be my mentor. I feel like at the core, it goes back to relationship building and just about the people that you are and if there is a connection there. And, and you know, I work in both sides of it. So I work with people where that relationship has been built and, and there are mentorship relationships. But also on the other side where I've been in programs where you're placed as a mentor for people. And, you know, it's interesting to see the ones that you build relationships with and then other people that might, you know, you might be able to connect to somebody else that might be able to help them. So really, um, I go back to mentorship at its core being more about the relationship that you build with that person. I like, um, I mean, I like both those responses and I think it's great. Two things that stood out to me is, you know, the organic part um, and then like, oh, peg you up, you know, two, three levels up, you know, and I feel like what happens is you can almost um, try to control what you're actually going after instead of finding the best fit, which would be the natural connection. Um, and uh, so with that, though, it goes back to the first thing that I really liked is that intimidation part talking mm -hmm. about, you know, it's intimidating. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like and the reason I like it is because 
that's the kind of openness of conversation that you really need to have and actually with yourself, you know what I mean? And be willing to face. And so, um, and, and it's intimidating, but you also mentioned about being open and coachable, right? So you got to be open and coachable. But let's talk about that intimidating part, you know, because even if you look layers up, you may still have some intimidation, which could still harm the relationship. Even in the organic relationships, being intimidated can be tough if you if you're operating under intimidation. How do you operate with the understanding that it is intimidating, but not letting you stop you? not letting that stop you. So I, and I say this a lot, I go back to fake it till you make it because it is intimidating sometimes to talk to people that you don't necessarily know very well yet or a few levels above you that could potentially really impact your career, right? So my advice to our young professionals is to try and meet with as many people as possible. I mean, Lindsay is the LinkedIn expert and she can tell you how easy it is to find people and connect with people, take the relationship offline, meet them for coffee, learn, and all you have to do is ask one question you know, I, I saw your profile. I'm interested in how you got to where you are. What advice would you have for me as a young professional? It's the easiest and let them do the talking, right? You just sit there and soak it all in. And once you do a couple of those meetings, you'll realize that while you have so much to learn from that person, you probably have something to give to them as well. So you're going to get a lot more comfortable. So I go back to Really try to step outside of your comfort zone and put yourself in situations where you're going to do it enough where it's just it's just an easy an easy flow going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other piece of it, too, is um, like you said, Jamie, give it, understanding that it's um, there's an authenticity to it. And so I, I I'm a big believer in in putting it out there and even uh, admitting when you're intimidated or, or admitting when you're uncomfortable um, because then it immediately kind of takes down those barriers of sometimes even the pressure for the mentor to say oh well, gosh I'm actually a little nervous too right I feel mm-hmm. this immense pressure and um, responsibility to um, give you this profound sound advice but at the end of the day it's um, it's just about having conversations and um, and being authentic and genuinely curious and uh, and I think that's where, as you mentioned, Jamie, having um, this organic element um, to to the relationship between the mentor and the mentee. And I think one thing also, Lindsay, that stood out to me that you said is, you know, you think of mentorship as influence. And something that, you know, Tim and I often share with people is that leadership is influence. And so when you're thinking about that from a mentor perspective or even the perspective of, you know, being someone who's being mentored, where where is that line or what is the understanding of, you know, as a mentor, are you looking to find somebody who is somewhere that you want to be and just learn from them and hear their advice? Or is that someone who really is going to be working with you to help you build your leadership capabilities? I think it depends on um, whether spoken or unspoken rules of engagement um, in the relationship. And uh, so it at times takes a little bit of the organic nature of, of a mentor and mentee relationship. But, uh, but I think that, um, you know, there's a program that Jamie's involved in, uh, called pace setters here in town in Greenville and, uh, where young professionals are apply to be a part of the program and then get to be placed in a group with two mentors. And, um, I had the opportunity to experience that in 2012 and my, and had, 
incredible mentors who, interestingly enough, um, have not only become good friends, um, but people who um, I respect. And and one of them in particular, I'm actually starting to do work with. He recently mm. hired me. So uh, now he's entrusting in me the my knowledge to impact his business. So, um, you know, I think it, it's a matter of um, looking at... Um, understanding that there's sometimes a fluidity to to the relationship but also at times um, it's situational so if I'm experiencing something personally or professionally that I know a mentor one mentor of mine could potentially um, help me with then then I'm going to go to them with that and other times it's um, you know maybe you meet quarterly and it's not about a particular topic but it's it's you know, kind of um, just having that that opportunity to have some structure and set some time aside together. And I think too, going a little bit deeper into that whole idea of rules of engagement or sort of setting and establishing those ground rules of what your mentor-mentee relationship is going to be. I mean, what what would you kind of tell your younger self going into that? Because I know me, for example, some of those mentor relationships that have happened organically, we didn't really have that conversation. And so what can happen is over the years, you know, you've had this great mentor-mentee relationship. You've established this connection. This is someone who's really helped you to grow and push you to grow. But you get to a point where you disagree, with your mentor. You go to someone for advice and they tell you something. And we, we had a great podcast um, on our, our normal one with um, a very successful female entrepreneur. And her mentor basically said, you shouldn't do that. That's a bad idea. And she trusted her instinct. But how do you handle that sticky situation? What do you do when you're sitting now with that mentor? You know you're going to go against their advice. You know How do you navigate that? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one because especially as a young professional, you know, if I would say this to my younger self, because my younger self would put somebody up on a pedestal and say, "Oh my gosh, you know, this person, I respect them so much, I look up to them so much," and I would try to follow everything that they would kind of help me through. So to my younger self, I would say, trust your gut, right? Because you know you don't want to step away from your values. But at the same time, it's also not personal. And I think that when we're younger, we take everything so personally. And, you know, when you maybe don't agree with somebody, we have a really hard time processing that because we go to the relationship. So I would tell my younger self that it's absolutely not personal and that it's just you've got to trust your gut as you go through your career. And I th- to add on to that, I think the other element is is the way you respond when you don't agree. So um, it takes a bit of courage to say to somebody who you respect um, tremendously to say, I so appreciate the advice you're giving me and 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 because I know you're looking out for my best interest. But um, and whether you want to justify, defend or explain your reasoning, I don't think it's ne- always necessary, but that's certainly an option. Um and, and if you choose not to, you can say, you know, um, this is just where this is where my my heart and my gut and my instinct is leading me. And I'm willing to um, maybe fail along the way. And I'm grateful to know that um, that you're giving me this advice. But this is the direction and, and the that I'm willing to and risk potentially that I'm willing to take and go and go this direction. And 
Well, no, go ahead. I was going to say, and failure is not a bad thing. And I want people, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I really, I want people to realize that. And, you know, I just read something recently where it said, if you're not hearing no, you're not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And so you should hear no all the time. And it's okay. And that's where it goes back to know who you are at, at your core, what your values are and stick to those. You know, um, what's interesting is, is, and I'm a, you know, I'm a firm believer and a lot of people try to make mentoring and coaching interchangeable and they're not. And so there's a time as what you, you know, what you both said, I think those are, it's great insight and it's great information that everybody can listen to, whether you're a young professional or you're, you know, a boomer, it doesn't matter. Right. So, um, we should always, number one, look for people that have what we don't have in our lives. That should be a good benchmark. You know, what do you not have? you know, and that you want and you see it in somebody else's life. Like that's got to be important. It can't just be someone has experience. Everyone has experience at one point or another. Right. So it's not just the experience. It's, it's lining up with who you are and what you want and having that person in your life. But what was interesting is in both your answers that kind of made me think like, have you ever been in the spot where when that mentor basically you have to let them know that hey you know what thanks i'm going with my gut my intellect my intuition and my rationale my logic are going to help me move through my situation but thank you however have you ever flipped it on the mentor where you say but i'm opening the door for you to coach me now coach me in other words ask me some powerful questions to make sure that i'm aligned have you done that or is that something that like what are your thoughts on doing that to help people who are listening in your same situation to flip it around and say take your mentor hat off for a minute now that I've told you no I'm not going to do what you're suggesting or I'm going to go against you based on my intuition and my own rationale but you can coach me what are your thoughts on that I love the thought of that because it goes back to if that if that is a good relationship, right? Because at the end of the day, focusing on character rather than competency, I think, is important. And so if you can flip it and ask them the coaching questions, you're truly there for that person. And as a mentee, you're looking and saying, wow, this is amazing, right? This person didn't agree or I didn't agree with this person's advice, but they're still able to walk me through this really tough situation. And I also think um, getting some clarity on why they're giving you the advice they're giving you. So um, as you suggested, Tim, asking them the questions. So um, help me understand um, why you may be making this suggestion or have you been in a similar situation? So, you know, it does maybe put the onus on them to be a bit vulnerable. But again, I think it goes back mm-hmm. to what Jamie said about um, uh, the trust and, and really the, um, the deep intention of that relationship and between the mentor and the mentee. So I think that it's not always about the mentor asking the mentee questions. It goes both ways. And I mean, as someone who, you know, I've, I have also had some really strong mentors, some who are still mentors in my life, those relationships have changed, but I really love that idea. And so I think for people listening, um, especially young professionals, I think that's a great way to approach it because I'm almost thinking back on a couple situations where 
I, I had that tough conversation with someone who had been my mentor, um, who I'd actually, you know, worked with very closely and, you know, very supportive, um, even though I, I wasn't going in the direction that, um, that they wanted. But I think that asking that question and pushing it further and flipping it maybe could have changed the relationship as where it is today. So I think I love that idea. And I also, uh, something you mentioned, Tim, that made me, um, <clears throat> reminded me of the importance of having multiple mentors uh, in your life. Jamie and I had talked about this uh, recently about, you know, it's not putting, it's almost like not putting all of your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. And and I think that, Tim, when you said um, having seeking out individuals who either you want to be like or who have different experiences than you um, and and I think of when I paint the picture in my head of, of different mentors, it's um, not just women who are older than me. Uh, it's it's men as well. It might even be um, people who are my age. So my peers who who can um, who I can establish that relationship with. So I think there's real power in um, in having multiple mentors in your life because you can also take that situation that you're experiencing to multiple men mentors and, and get different feedback as well. I love that so much. And of course, I teaching and working at a business school look at it as I have our students in a career class that I teach do a board of directors. So we don't even look at it necessarily as mentors, but I have them write down who are their career board of directors. So I think that's a really good way for young professionals to think about it because it's interesting when they first write down, especially if they're new into the professional world, they're writing down their board of directors. And I'm talking about these are people who, you know, they trust to give them good advice that might be able to help them in their career. And it's always interesting to see you know, is there diversity on their board of directors? Mm -hmm. Or are they all the same age? Are they all the same race? Are they all the same gender? Are they all in the same field? Well, that's not going to help you, right? So you need to diversify and make sure that you have people in different fields. You have people of different ages, different experience levels. I'm a firm believer that everyone has a story and you can learn from every single person that you meet, no matter what their level or their age. And I think that board of directors and having multiple mentors, like Lindsay said, is huge. And kind of going along with that idea of having a diverse group of mentors and, you know, seeking out those different people who, you know, they have things in their life that you'd like to have. They're in a position that you aspire to be in. I think all those are great things. Um, so let's dig into that, the friend tours, those peer-to-peer -peer relationships a little bit. Um, from your perspective, what value did those bring you that you think is a little bit different than having those more seasoned mentors? I'll, I'll kick us off on, on my response. So I have a, a personal experience with, um, a, I call it my peer group, and we call ourselves the Young Executive Board. And um, the idea stemmed from uh, a, a now really good friend, but someone who I didn't know previously, who was in a leadership role within her organization, a male-dominated, not only a male-dominated industry, but company as well, and she was one of the um, chiefs. <clears throat> and not only was she a female, but she was also um, far junior in age compared to her peers, uh, whether they were, you know, employees or the exe other execs on her team. And she said, gosh, you know, it sure would be great to be in a group of individuals that um, that are experiencing what I'm experiencing mm -hmm. at this stage in my life, at this stage in my career, who are in a leadership role, who are 
coaching up, if you will, so um, mentoring up to um, those their senior and um, who might be experiencing similar challenges that I am. And so she started asking around, asking mm-hmm. around the business community to um, all different types of people. And I was fortunate to be connected to her via a mutual um, person, mutual friend. And I said, yeah, I, I want to help you build this. And so fast forward, I, I want to say it's been two, two and a half years. And we meet every three to four weeks. And um, while our meetings aren't as structured as they originally were in the beginning, because we've become such good friends, the um, the crux and function of our group is still remains, which is um, giving each other the floor for a, a set amount of time during that meeting to um, bring to the table a challenge that we're having. Um, typically, it's with it's a professional challenge, um, and where we can get feedback and um, get some different perspectives, and then also things that we can celebrate with each other. <clears throat> I think that sometimes it's. Um, it can be taboo or difficult to celebrate your wins amongst your peers or even like myself, I'm on my in business for myself and on my own. So I love having this peer group that I can um, that I can share the successes with and uh, and they can build me up if I'm having a tough day or a tough, tough experience. So the, the peer to peer piece is is tremendously impactful and um, and they become a soundboard for you. And so. Um, so that, that's been my personal experience. And in, in terms of, Megan, answering your question more directly, how do they differ than other uh, mentors, maybe older than me? Uh, or uh, I, think it's, I think it's looking at um, they, they are probably going through, your peers are going through experiences that you probably are. And they're, they've grown up in the same um, generation that you have. So there's this fantastic article out there called... Um, I'm not a millennial. I'm an old millennial. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you haven't, it. if you haven't read it yet, please look it up. It's a really for any age uh, individual. It's a really great article, and um, and it talks about how we're um, we've grown up in. You know, I think it's not about a whole. What am I trying to say? Like, that's not about a whole generation. Mm-hmm. It's about I think we're all di- different based on decades. And yeah. so, I th- how many years make up? Well, the yeah, yeah, it's it's eighteen years. Well, right, but the millennials like getting into yeah. It's nineteen eighty two to two thousand by definition of that article, which I've read. Yes, and so the interesting thing is, um, and I've experienced this too, is you know, so I'm I am an old millennial. I was born (laughs) in eighty (laughs) two, and so I'm at the very top of that, and I am so different than somebody who was born 10 years after me. My experiences are different. I mean, I've been working and in the world 10 years longer than they have. So, but I think, you know, what it reminds you of is, yes, people have grown up in similar instances to you. They may have similar life experiences. You might be in the same, um, quote unquote generation, but you also are having a lot of differences and different perspectives that you can still impart that knowledge on your peers. You know, um, you know, I said, and I listened to this because, I mean, I was an old soul in my generation, you know, but it, a lot of that was the way I grew up. Like I grew up with like, in a, everything was, it was just, it was eclectic, everything culturally, <laughs> musically, it didn't matter what was going on, any art, it was a mix of everything. And I feel, um, you know, as a person who sits here with, you know, and I'm blown away. So just in just the people that we've been able to talk with um, and have these conversations with that you guys are like, um, 
you know, to me, it's it's kind of like there needs to be a stigma awareness campaign around the millennials <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, th- there's so much more to them. It's taking the time to get to know them. I recently did a talk that, you know, Megan's heard me say, you know, about how do you unlock your own inner genius in your person? It's like, why don't you one day go to Costco, load up your trunk with a bunch of bottled water and pull up here to the well and wait till all these guys come out on the weekend and they're out here on their skateboards and just ripping it with cameras and they're doing all this stuff. And they got this whole world of everything they're going to do and they're going to post it. I mean, like they're in this space, right? They're dedicated. They're focused. They're disciplined. They're just not like you. But what if you take that water and come out and go, hey, guys, uh, hey, hey, um, not a jerk here, not calling the cops or anything. I have this water. <laughs> I like to give it to you guys. It's hot. But I would like to talk to you. Like, how do you come alive like this? Like, what? in other words, close this gap. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of one of our biggest generation problems is not that, yeah, you can be an old soul in a young generation. Every generation has it. When you got some six-year-old kid that goes on some America's Got Talent and starts singing Aretha Franklin, what you want? You know, you know, yeah, she's, yeah, and just voice, and she's like, wow, she's an old soul. Now, of course, it was influenced by someone that was older than her, but mm-hmm. it's what, that's where her environment is, right? So closing that gap, like, what do you feel that young professionals, and now remember, I don't want to, and Megan and I, we have no intent on focusing on millennials, which we like the term better, digital natives, mm-hmm. right? But there's a time that's coming where, like, my seven-year-old daughter is going to be telling her kids one day, yeah, when I drove, I touched the steering wheel. They're going to be like, what? <laughs> That's you crazy. actually put your hands? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like every generation has that, right? But I feel like she's going to have some old soul to her as well because I was an old soul as a Gen Xer. My boys are old souls. They listen to older music and they're, you know, going to be 17 and 15. So they, but they're carrying the best of both worlds. How do we do more of that? As young professionals, how do we close that gap? How do we bring some of that, you know, to get more old soul, but also bring young soul into those that have come before you? How do we close this gap? That's a good question. I mean, as a, I'm, I'm on the tail end of the Gen Xers, so I will join you in that generation. Woo. Yeah, girl. <laughs> don't you forget about me. <laughs> you don't want me to start singing. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. <laughs> but I always tell our students, I am the millennial defender because I work with the most amazing young professionals that have so much to give and offer, and they're they're just immensely talented and smart and caring and want to make a difference, right? So, you know, I hate when we have to listen to these talks of, oh, the millennials. I remember a few years ago, the millennials are coming. <laughs> and I thought, what in the world is this? And it's just so funny because all of the stigma around the millennials, it goes back to technology, right? I mean, this is a group that grew up with a lot of technology at their disposal. And so, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I teach a business communication class. People don't like to talk because they're on their phones texting all the time or they're, you know, posting things. I mean, I love, thank God we didn't have that when we were in college, right? Uh, <laughs> I just, there's no, yeah. listen. Here, an let's, amen. Let's, let's go ahead and let's rabbit trail on this because I can't imagine what I would have been like oh, in no. the 80s. Yeah. Having access to, because I was bad enough. Like I used to tell people when I was a kid, 
it was like people you know people say the devil made me do it or whatever no i thought the devil was watching me going no that's a Taking good idea. Notes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good right there i was never was like so people funny. would be like you know the devil made you no he did not oh, no. he's taking <laughs> notes from yeah you. i was like yeah. i i came up with this yeah and i didn't have access to all that stuff yeah. like it's it would be scary for me to be which i understand that mm-hmm. you know and i know where i was in my life and what my upbringing was like but you're correct it's like we have to understand that this is where they are mm-hmm. and if you can focus them even with the devices or the mm-hmm. tools that they're using and you can help them along the way to say hey you know instead of me trying to curb your enthusiasm mm-hmm. right and like like straighten what i think is your crooked what if I follow your crooked a little bit and understand that it's actually pretty straight? Mm-hmm. I love that. Follow the crooked. That's beautiful. I love <laughs> that so much. But I think, too, you know, it goes back to communication on both mm-hmm. sides. So, you know, at the end of the day, from from the mentee and the mentor, it's it's the communication piece that's going to bridge that gap of generations. And and with just digging a little bit deeper into closing that gap. So one thing that um, I'm really passionate about is, you know, with mentors in the workforce, you know, work environments shifting as we're talking about towards this greater alliance and technology. Um, Mentor-mentee relationships are shifting too. And I think that there's a lot of value in bridging that generational gap and, and learning from each other. So I don't know if either of you right now are engaged in kind of a reverse mentor relationship where you're actually mentoring up, but what are your thoughts on that? And I mean, would you like to see more of that? So I feel like I do that every day in my career <laughs> with my with my role in my business. And it's, um, you know, it's something I take really seriously. So if there is somebody who is older than me and they are entrusting, um, they're trusting me to um, to help them, to, to bring value to them in their business and to teach them something new and, and, they're, and they're receptive. It goes back to that kind of coachability piece, right? They're receptive to learning. Um, I take that really seriously. And, um, and so... I'm fortunate that I, I get to experience that every day. And uh, what's interesting is as my business has evolved and my experiences have um, have evolved as well, more clients are asking me questions that really go back to um, almost being a professional coach. And and being a coach versus being a consultant are two very, very different things. And, yes. I, and I'm a consultant and I am not a certified coach. And um, and so I have to be really clear about my um, ability to, to help when certain questions are asked of me that I don't feel, um, and I want to say the word qualified because I think that's certainly a piece of it, but that I feel like they could get a, um, a better response from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be really honest and candid with, with individuals who are older than me, who work with me, who, who ask me tough questions that um, when I feel like I can answer them well and authentically, that in, in the truest sense will help them, I, I'm, I will do that all day. But when it's something out of my scope of, of expertise, I have to default and, and defer, defer my, my help. Well, and I think that that, I mean, that's the one of the greatest things that you can do, I think, for someone. And um, I, I know we, I've talked about this before, but a lot of times when you're working with 
um, younger people. And so now I'm thinking about the generation below me. I think when you're young, you have this fear of not having the answer. And I think that there is a lot more of the fake it till you make it because you don't want to look like you don't know and that you're you're not qualified. But I think as you get older, you almost gain the wisdom and the ability to say, you know, that is a great question. I'm absolutely willing to give you my opinion, but if you really want somebody who's going to be an expert on this, you know, let me help you find someone mm-hmm. to get you those answers. And I want to say this because I want to, this is like just my encouragement to both of you where when you were talking about, you know, I, I'm not an expert here or whatever. It, this is the one thing we were born to coach. Mm-hmm. I have found this out. Like if someone says to me, would I rather be a mentor or a coach? I can coach. And if I coach, what's going to happen, I'm going to get opportunities to show through mentorship, something else. I'm able to then say, this is my experience, but get back to coaching because you're the expert in your own world and, or you're the one with the answers in you and it's time for them to come out. When you're a kid, one of the first things you learn to say is why? And you get an answer and you hear that answer and you don't just say why again. I know we like to say kids just keep saying why. No, they, they'll drill deeper. They'll take what you said. So if you said this, what does that mean? And it frustrates people. But see, that's the beauty of it. Coaching is not a requirement of being an expert in anyone else's world. I can coach anybody. I don't care if they work for NASA. I don't care if they work for the Pentagon. I don't care if they work for, they are the guy that started QTs. It doesn't matter. It's a matter of understanding how to ask powerful questions and leave room for the person to step into it, search themselves, and bring out an answer. And then all you do is follow the questions and their answers. That's the only job. That's your job as that coach. Then if you get the opportunity, you can step in and say, hey, you know what? That goes along with something I've experienced. I'm going to take this hat off for a second. I'm going to share something with you, and this might be useful. But other than that, on you go. You know, that's what you want to do. So in your challenge, this is unsolicited advice, which you didn't ask for. But as a, as a consultant, you definitely do coach. Mm-hmm. And you need to own that. And you need to go ahead and grab a hold of that. And you need to go ahead and realize that your consultation, part of it, you you make coaching baked into your consult. Mm-hmm. And you elevate that part. That's where your leadership lives. You, you were born asking questions. Mm-hmm. And you're going to die asking questions. That's <laughs> the, the way it is. So why don't you live asking better questions mm-hmm. and helping people along in their way? Hopefully that helps. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I will. So I would love to. Um, I, I have one more question for both of you guys. Um, and but before I go into that, I'm just I've been really honored to have both of you here on the show because I I consider you my my friend tours and um, you guys coach me um, on, you know, a frequent basis. So that's been really awesome. There's a lot of love in this room. There's a lot of love in this room. A lot of love. There's a lot of love going on. There's smiles going on. You guys can't see them. I can see them. My brown skin just blushed. (laughs) Um, so I, I would like to know, and I just pulled this question randomly because I'm curious, uh, if you could offer one piece of advice to other young professionals out there and, you know, it could be Older young professionals, younger people coming the next generation, what would that be? Gosh, one piece. That's one piece. tough. 
I know. See, I'm going to do what you do when I do random questions on another <laughs> podcast. You can, okay, clarifying question. You can say two if you'd like. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank I'm gonna you. you. I'm going to go. So is it you? So your question would be to me, can I say more than one? And I would say, yes, you can. Because <laughs> that's what she does to me. So you, you can say two. How about two? I've got just one, so I'll start. Oh. Um, so this quote came into my line of vision uh, when I was launching my business, and it was uh, profoundly impactful and exactly what needed to be in my line of vision at that time in my life, and it is life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. And a lot of the things that we talked about today uh, related to the topic of courage and, and being courageous and asking questions and being receptive to feedback and, and that nature that a mentor and mentee relationship takes on. And so when you think about life expanding in proportion to your courage, the opportunities are limitless, but without courage, and, and some people live in that comfort zone mm -hmm. and they, and that's their prerogative, but gosh, if you can, if you can be bold and brave and, and have the courage to, um, to do things, to ask, ask tough, tough questions. Um, it, it's amazing. Again, just going back to the quote, how, how much your life can be expanded and enriched. I love that. And I would add, I would add a few things to that to say, Take time to figure out who you are mm. because that is going to be the most important thing for you as you develop relationships and as you move forward in your career. So really take the time because something magical happens as you get older and you really discover who you are and what matters to you. And if you follow that line, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound hokey, but magical things happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like all, it's like everything falls into place, but you've got to discover who you are. I talk to so many young professionals and they don't know what they want. They don't, because they don't know who they are and they know what their friend wants to do. And that sounds great. And they're successful. And I want to do that. Don't do what your friend's doing. Figure out what makes you tick and, and be who you are and everything will fall into place. But I love the piece about courage because I think, You've got to put yourself out there and please don't take yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. We do it to ourselves because we were like, oh, did I say the right thing? Oh, God, that sounded stupid or whatever. We do it to ourselves. So please don't take yourself so seriously. And if you mess up, get back up, brush yourself off and, and keep moving forward. Well, thank you so much. Um, those are great good job not a lot of yeah. notice on that just pulled it out um so thank you guys so much um this has been another great episode of ucyp with our fabulous guests uh lindsey mcmillian steeman and jamie patterson and um it's been just another opportunity for us to help young professionals elevate their voices. Remember that we want to go out there and be bridging the gap between generations. And overall, we want to inspire young professionals to lead.
You've been listening to another episode of UCYP, Uphill Conversations for Young Professionals. Remember that you can find us at uphillconversations.co slash UCYP. You can also connect with us at Tim at uphillconversations.co or Megan at uphillconversations.co. And you can find us on social media, Twitter, it's at the UCYP, or you can join our Facebook group. Remember to post, like, and share. And remember, we have a great competition going on right now. You could be the proud owner of a UCYP branded Yeti cup by going out, liking our page, sharing it with your friends, and also using the hashtag UphillYP. 